I'm Mike Breen, Public Awareness Officer for the American Mathematical Society, and I'm talking with Jim Papadopoulos, who is at Northeastern University, and he has done a lot of research with bicycles and the math connected with them, you know, what actually is going on with bicycles. They look like very simple vehicles, two wheels in a frame, but Jim, it's not quite so simple, is it? Nothing's quite so simple. And Mike, I guess, thanks for uh, chatting with me. And probably one of the big ideas that I wrestle to explain and to kind of get people on the same page as me is that anything we look at, if you look at closely enough, you'll find uncertainty and confusion. And whether it's the swaying of a leaf of grass in the wind or how a person stands or how we ride a bike, you know, from a big remove, it looks kind of simple. And there may be some simple, rough descriptions, but when you dig into it, there's all kinds of science waiting to be discovered. And you've been thinking about this for a long time, too. So you must be pretty happy to have figured out what you've figured out and and had published. Well, you know, yes and no. Because the nature of research and discovery is is that the thrill, there's a thrill in getting somewhere, but usually each uh, window just shows new vistas. So, uh, yes... You know, we figured out something that nobody had maybe thought of before and uh, proved it various ways, and it raised a host of new questions. And so where's the pleasure? Is the pleasure of the discovery or is the pleasure of the anticipation of future work? It's kind of evenly divided. So can you tell us some of the things that you did discover? The real story is, is like putting together a building of bricks or something like that, that each little bit you put on creates the form and Make, gives you an opportunity to put in a window or a, or a ceiling or something like that. So if you start with the original curiosity, it only eventually became clear that we might answer some questions about bicycle riding, bicycle handling. We might answer some of those questions by making a mathematical model and then exploring that model. And so at the very naive stages, the early stages, when I was a high school student, I had no conception of differential equations and probably no conception that there would be any relevant math. And yet I was still trying to figure out, you know, what makes a bicycle feel good when you ride it? What makes it feel stable? And it's as I went to college that I saw kind of a traditional thing is to make a model of rigid bodies. So this is a branch of dynamics where you think, well, masses are in motion, something like a gyroscope or a rolling disc or a pendulum, something's in motion And how do we figure out the future motion? And you say, well, these things look like rigid bodies. Maybe some parts look like flexible bodies. There are standard equations governing them. Put the equations together. What do they tell us? And so we went through a whole route of assembling those equations and finding out that many, many researchers had done an incomplete job, or let's say done a mistaken job. So one little bit of our research was just making sure we had good equations for a simple model. And then there's a step of doing what very few people had done, which is to look at equations which, if you're not careful, they balloon into three and four pages of mathematics. You look at one equation, you say, wow, that's incomprehensible. I've got two pages or three pages of symbols. You know, these are, this is some of the research I found from the 60s that a fellow was doing motorcycle research in the same way, and he had pages of symbols to describe one simple equation. So a lot of the work was looking for the natural variables, looking for the natural combined quantities so that our equations could condense down into one line or two lines. And then we could undertake to think about what did they mean. And finally, when we're able to make, say, oh, this might mean that if you take your hands off in this situation, the bicycle will straighten up. 
Or this might mean that if you're holding it in a turn, the steering is trying to sharpen up the turn the bicycle's in, and that's actually a condition for stability, that the, that the steering is trying to run away from you. Right? If you're in a leftwards turn, the steering is trying to turn further left. You're restraining it. And if you let go, it does quickly turn further left, and it steers your ground contact points right under you, and now you're upright. So we began to see these ideas emerging from the general picture once we had produced a simplified, a boiled-down version of the math. We didn't simplify the math. We found the simplest way to represent it. And now all this is part and parcel of what made a couple of papers, but in fact that achievement or that level of understanding now lets us look back and say, is that rigid body picture really accurate? And now we think it isn't. So in a sense, we're, we're right at the beginning of thinking now, oh, what do we do to this to make it closer to reality? And the, and the two issues are the tires, which are far from rigid, and put strange twisting forces, we'll call them, twisting forces on the wheels, and they don't force the wheel to go where it's aimed, like a, a skate might, so tires kind of drift sideways, and that changes the math quite a bit. And then there's also some much more complicated aspects of the human being, because when we first made our rigid body model, we pretended we had a human being of concrete, just a rigid body, and we have predictions, and you know it's all very nice, but actual humans are bags of jello, basically, and bones. They're flopping around, the muscles come into play maybe a little bit late. So in a sense, you might say, well, once you understand the bike, putting the rider on the bike is a whole new dimension of complexity. And I'm, not, I'm frankly not certain how far I'll get with that in my uh, effective working life. So that's the progress. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned motorcycles, and I know that the Nature article about what you've done alluded to other applications that the research might have. Does it apply to motorcycles, or, or does it apply to other things? Okay, so you're going to get my opinion here, and <laughs> uh, maybe different people would have different opinions. I think it applies much more broadly. So, yeah, to answer the motorcycle question, yes, a motorcycle is something with two wheels and a frame with steering, and it's a bicycle. The math of a rigid body motorcycle model is the math of a bicycle model. There is no difference. So absolutely, if we can find something interesting and useful related to bikes, very likely it's related to motorcycles, except insofar as the, the motorcycle is heavier, so certain forces are greater, so you know you have to take, in, to take that into account. But the math itself and, and the insights should apply directly to motorcycles. But what I've seen, you know, how I feel about this, and it maybe you might consider it semi-mystical, is that with uh, some of my collaborators, notably Andy Ruina, or I'm his collaborator, it depends which project, he and I have been thinking about walking and balancing. And a lot of the ideas that come clear for the bicycle then also apply to things like robotics and prostheses. Now, maybe it's not exactly the same equation, but the overarching concept that how a walking person stays upright is that they shift where their feet go, they shift their point of support. That's exactly what's happening with a bicycle. And there are mechanisms, some similar and some not, that would make the legs tend to do that automatically without the muscles impelling them, just as a bicycle, when it's stable, automatically steers. Okay, so there are, in fact, ideas, and there are ideas uh, from other parts of bike research, too, like the use of the muscles that I think apply to any use of muscles, not just the bicycle use of muscles. So, Jim, you've given us a lot of insight into this. Is there anything you'd like to add? 
for a single person or for a few people, here's this exciting voyage of discovery. And, you know, there are two things I'd like to see. I'd like to see other people join in the voyage with their own line of questioning and whether it's bicycles or something kind of similar. I feel like it's an interesting, interesting area of human endeavor or of science. So that is one thing I'd like people to sort of know about the intriguing questions and the intriguing answers and the intriguing future research. I hope there's not only three of us in the world that care about it because it just seems really interesting. And the second thing is practical application. So industry and product development is a very funny thing. I worked in industry for almost 20 years. And the process of trying to do something profitably, make a, make a product that people will buy, is very complicated. There's safety issues and cost issues and then the big issues of whether the customers want something that you have. So, I mean, I know, I know very well that you may see a way to improve a bicycle in a certain way. So, first of all, is that valuable to people? Second of all, can you persuade people that it's valuable? Third of all, does it impinge on some other aspect? So it's not really clear, you know, what things would make a better bicycle. But having said that, I don't think we should give up the ship. There are lots of possibilities to make bicycles a little safer or somewhat safer or more stable or easier to control. And uh, maybe one improvement would be good for, a, for an older person who's kind of wobbling down the road at low speed and they're feeling concerned about falling over. And another kind of improvement might be good for a racer who wants to make a turn faster and sharper without any uncertainty so they feel like they're fully in control. And all these things are kind of lying there, partially exposed by the mathematics, but there's really no interest from the industry. So you know, while I'm going to grant them that it's complicated to think of a good new product, I think they've kind of turned away from any kind of thought process involving the mathematics or the science. So I'm kind of... I wish or I hope that there would be some connection with the thinkers inside the industry as well as us scientists messing around with the theory. Well, Jim, thanks very much. Uh, that's uh, Jim Papadopoulos, who is at Northeastern University. He's talked about the research he's done involved with bicycles. Uh, Jim, uh, good luck with everything. Sure thing.